Hey, Trav, how's vacation going? Trav. Trav! To say we are fired up would be an understatement. It is Major Week. Welcome into a brand new episode of Cash Out with the Coaches. I am the coach. He is Travis Fulton in the Open Championship, Trav. We have reached the final major, the sixth major in this super season, and there are so many storylines that we have to get into. How are you this week, sir? I'm good. Still on vacation, coach. Just uh, a little better Wi-Fi this week, but, you know, I came... Came down from the lake cabin to uh, to see you here for thirty minutes. You know, most people take take vacation for a week. You decided to go go to the mountains for two weeks. Oh, first world problems by Travis. <laughs> I might go three. I might go three. Okay, all right, that's fine. We can do the show from up there three weeks in a row. Uh, very quickly, uh, we want to thank our sponsors at Sports Pub Media for allowing us to do that incredible preview show. So many people have watched it. If you haven't uh, checked it out yet. We've got all the information you could possibly want. It's right here on our YouTube channel. Follow, turn on those notifications, and make sure you check it out before we get to uh, Thursday. Very quickly, Trav, we got to give props. Lucas Glover, final round 64. And I said when I was doing PGA Tour Live that it was going to be one player that decided to go low on Sunday and widen things out, and that's exactly what happened. And Lucas Glover, he was very emotional in winning the job. Well, it's been a while. I mean, you know, Lucas Glover now has won a tournament in three decades. Wow. <laughs> I mean, think wow. about that. His first win back in 2005 at the uh, Walt Disney World Resort. I mean, that's how far you got to go back. And then, of course, he wins the U.S. Open in 2009, Wells Fargo in 11. And now here we are in 2021, and he wins the John Deere Classic. So, yeah, it's cool, you know, to see someone 41 years of age, been doing this a long time. And he's, you know, he's one of those guys who's always been a flusher, right? He's got that, uh, you know, he's got that ability to get the ball in front of him over and over and over again. And he can win in the approach game. And it's just that putter, like we talk about with so many players, but he's found some form with the putter. It just mm-hmm. wasn't one week. You know, it's been kind of a buildup. I've bet Lucas a number of times um, this year. So, uh, not completely surprised that he got it done, and he ha- he needed that one round, right? That mm-hmm. final round, like you talked about on Sunday, where it all would come together, and he got his fourth win on the PGA Tour. Yeah, everybody was kind of just kind of treading water throughout Sunday. Uh, he's old school. There's no gloves. He's it, very, very uh, the old school type of player. Uh, yeah. And it's really cool. And I thought his quote talking about, uh, you know, he's got a new family. He was divorced a long time ago. It was because of these issues. But now he's remarried. He's got two beautiful kids that are eight and six, I believe. And he's been watching Tiger win the Masters and talking about yeah. how it was cool for his kids to get to see him win motivated him. And that was the most important thing for him winning the John Deere Classic. I thought that was a really, really cool thing for him to say and to get the feel. Even if it is his last victory, at least he got it one time, right? That's right. I mean, he's put his time in, man. Lucas has been doing this a long time. You know, and there's been some there's been some slumps, 
in some down times. So this is a story of perseverance. I mean, he's worked through a lot. He's traveled the world playing this game. Um, he knows how to win on the PGA Tour. And, um, you know, maybe drawing from Tiger a little bit is that last little piece he needed. You know, these guys get into their 40s. It's a young man's game. It's easy to kind of lose focus, right? It's easy to to feel like, you know what, maybe I should shut this thing down. Um, but, you know, Lucas, we've seen it with the, we see it with Stuart Sink. You know, guys are winning into their 40s. Lee Westwood is playing good golf. We're going to talk about him, you know, with the Open Championship. So it, it's a, it's cool. You know, it's a young man's game. We have so many young stars that we like to talk about. And players like Lucas Glover can be kind of left behind sometimes and forgotten about. And they're like, hey, I'm still here. I'm motivated. I'm hungry. And he got and he went out and he got it done. Charlie Hoffman playing good golf here into late in his career. So it's fun to see these guys you know, get the engine back up again and then do enough late on Sunday to win. Yeah, it really, really is cool. And, and you really kind of have to have a conversation with yourself in the mirror and say, listen, do I want to be motivated, put in the work? Uh, because right. there, are, there is no substitute for work. Uh, you can include uh, Zach Johnson in that group of 40-somethings that are playing well this year as well. And as we start to spin it forward now, that is where I want the discussion for the Open Championship to start. Now, for everybody watching at home, we're not going to do a big preview. We've already done that. Go and watch that right in our YouTube. We're going to get into a couple of, of current storylines and then get into our picks. So Zach Johnson uh, played over the weekend, didn't play very well, and then he tests positive, and he was on the plane, or scheduled to be on the plane, uh, going over after the John Deere Classic. He joins now well over 10 players, Trav, that for a myriad of reasons have pulled out of the Open Championship, and one of my big storylines last week was Ricky Fowler and a lot of other players complaining about the protocols complaining about uh, everything that they have to do or can't do to play in the Open Championship. Now, not everybody pulled out because of protocols, but some did, like Kevin Na. And we expected this, but for every player that, that, that falls out, there's a player like Harold Varner, Brendan Steele. They get the call. They're excited. I would like to focus on those guys. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no question. It's, um, there's, a there's a different set of protocol going on here right for mm -hmm. to get over to the open championship than what we've been seeing on the PGA tour that has worked beautifully. Um, and, and of course you've got people coming in from all over the all over the world now um, to play and it's a different country. There's different things happening all over the world. Um, so there's a lot of factors into play here, but yeah, there's no question. The players are being asked to do the most here to get over there and to compete from a protocol standpoint. And then there's going to be 32,000 fans out there, which just screams really desperation of, mm -hmm. we didn't have an open championship last year. We're going to have one this year. And we need some money. We need some revenue coming in because let's face it. I mean, these companies have had to be hemorrhaging money through all of this, including the PGA Tour, not having fans out there. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, I think, for the players um, and then yet you're going to have 32,000 fans out there. You know, I hate to see it, but the reality is this is the world we're living in right now. And, and companies and players, I guess, are doing what they have to do to be successful, to be able to continue to move on. It, 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 they're at a point because I fall on the side of the fence of we have to do this. And if you're the players, I work with Craig Perks, who's a player's champion. Uh, Paul Stankowski, he's won a couple of times. Uh, Stankowski is actually going to play in the senior British in a couple of weeks. So they were really good perspectives on this protocol. And Craig Perks was basically like this. He's like, listen, he goes, everybody complained about not playing last year. 
Everybody complained because the RNA shut it down. And now you want to complain because they're allowing you the process to play the tournament, which is the most important thing. And when you got countries like Australia, the country shut down again. Asia, no fans at the Olympics. These players can't complain about these protocols. Yeah. They, just, they, yeah. they just can't. You're still playing for $2 million first, first prize. All, and to your point, a lot of companies that have hemorrhaged money, they couldn't go two years. This is the biggest moneymaker for many in British golf all year. All year. And you're going to let these tens of millions of dollars pass in ticket sales and all that. They couldn't do it. You just couldn't do it again. And so the players have to deal with it. And some have said, you know what, I'm not going to. KH Lee, he's having a baby. He said, I'm not going to do what it takes and be away from, from my new baby that long. Matthew Wolf, we still don't know why he withdrew, but he's not going either. So Bubba Watson, he uh, was too close to a person who tested positive for COVID. Well, he's not allowed to go because of the protocols. It is what it is. It is what it is. But now as we look forward, Trav, last week at the Scottish Open, I'm really focusing on players that played well there because that was Lynx golf. And because of it not being played last year, a lot of these players haven't played in two years. How much emphasis are you, put, are you putting on what you saw at the Scottish Open? Well, I always like to see a little bit of form. Yeah, I think especially it's encouraging, especially when you see the Americans go over there and play well. Um, you know, Sam Burns is, is a player that I've got my eye on. He played very well over there um, last week. I think Justin Thomas has to feel encouraged by the way that he played last week, given his form. So, yeah, I think going over there, Lynx Golf, getting acclimated and and doing some good things. Yeah, I, it signed me up for that. It, it's certainly better than going over there and shooting, you know, five over and missing the cut. Um, so, I think you can put a little bit into that, but it, you know, this is a major championship. We know it's going to be very different. Um, Royal St. George, you're not going to see those kinds of numbers on this golf course, uh, considering what we saw in the past, Darren Clark won at five under back in 2011. And then Ben Curtis won at one under back in 2003 when Tiger was in the field. So this is one of the more difficult golf courses, Royal St. George in the rotation um, so we're going to be in the single digits, probably low single digits under par versus what we saw a week ago when the guys were certainly getting up there in the high teens, you know, to win. So different kind of golf. Um, you know, you're going to need every facet of your game here to win this thing. But hey, coach, those names that I mentioned, Darren Clark, 150 to one. Uh, okay. Ben Curtis, 500 to one. Right. That's. You know, we're gonna we're gonna chalk up some names that we like, and we're gonna. I've got a I got a long shot for you at the end, by the way. Um, well, you already mentioned Sam Burns. He's plus, he's, he's hundred to one right now. Sam Burns. Yeah, I mean, but I, you know, I, I think he won last week. He's he's hundred to one. There's a lot of people. They're all in play. They're in play, right? We've seen it. They're in play here. Everybody is in play to win this thing based off what we. I mean, Tom Watson for crying out loud was ninety-seven years old and almost won the Open Championship, right? What? So. It, there, there's no doubt about it that a lot of the the, the big or the, the long shot names are in play. But I want to look at how the odds have changed as we did just the pre-tournament special five days ago. Because I do believe John Rahm is the guy to beat. And the books believe that John Rahm is the man to beat. So much so that after he had a top 10 finish at the Scottish, he went from plus 900 to plus 700, which is ridiculous. In a major championship to have that number, that's how dominant Trav he's been the last month. 
Yeah, no question. I mean, he's, you know, I said in the previous year, there, there's no question he is the most complete player in the game right now. You know, he, he won the Memorial for all sakes and purposes, right? Had to withdraw the last day. And then he comes out, beautiful final round on Sunday to win the U.S. Open. And, uh, and he played nice last week. I think he was in the top 10. So at, in Scottish, he, he's right where he wants to be. He's primed. He's locked and loaded. He's got to go out and play his game. But he's going to have to make some putts. The wind's going to blow. There's, it looks like there's going to be that steady, you know, 15-mile-an-hour wind. You're going to get the heavy gusts into the 20s. Um, you know, yeah, look, this is golf. You can be the favorite. You can be the most complete player. And you can go out there and you can play some pretty decent golf and get nothing to go in and get some bad bounces and it's not going to go your way. So, yes, he is the favorite. Uh, I'm not going to bet him. Um, there's certainly other value out there that I'm looking at. But John Rahm has been very impressive to this point in the last month. Yeah, he was a 36-hole uh, leader as well. And really, his putter is what led him down over the weekend. And if that's what's letting you down the week before a major, I'm good with it. It's when you're not hitting it well. It's when you're not driving it well. And when you're playing on a course like that, it can make for a very, very, very long week or a short week, as it were. All right, we got a lot of different names that are in our picks. So let's not waste any more time. And let's jump right in to who we think We'll do well this week. Here's what we do on the show every single week. we got five different plays that we give you. Two head-to-head matchups, a top 20 pick, and a tournament winner along with a wild card play, which could be anything on the board. So, Trap, your first match up looks like what? Well, I'm going to go um, a little European flavor here in, in oh. my first one here. And I know you like this, by the way. Matthew oh. Fitzpatrick, minus hey. one over three. Of your boy for Bryson Date Shambeau. You know, there's just too many questions, coach, about Bryson right now. And Brooks is not letting it go. Bryson doesn't know how oh, to handle it. Brooks. Now he's in the media and he's offended by someone asking him, why aren't you yelling for? Um, you know, he, he's got a new caddy on the bag. But more importantly than that, his game has not been good on the golf course. His approach game is very concerning. His touch around the green is very concerning. I know he won the U.S. Open last year, but Bryson has been less than impressive, especially the distance that he's hitting it off the tee. Now, can he come in here and overpower the course and get his drive? Yeah, of course. I mean, Bryson, we know, is is one of the best players in the game. But there's just a lot of question marks for me. And on the other side, I think Fitzpatrick lost in a playoff last week at the Scottish Open um, to, to Minwoo Lee. I, I just feel like Fitzpatrick, you, you look at him – um, you know, he was 55th at the U.S. Open, 23rd at the PGA. I, I like what I'm seeing. I like I like how this course sets up for Fitzpatrick. We need to keep the iron game going. I think he's been very sharp his last two tournaments. Um, but he's a beautiful putter. He can keep the ball in front of him. I think he's one of the more underrated drivers in the game. He's not real long, but I don't think distance is really going to be a major factor here. The ball's going to be bouncing 7,200 yards. So I like the way he drives it. I like his short game. I like his um, experience around European golf. Um, you know, so to me, this is this is a player who is is on my short list, not just to beat Bryson, but maybe to beat the field here. He's got six Euro wins. Why not at a major championship? No, yeah, funny you should mention that. I'll comment on that <laughs> in a couple of minutes. Uh, but I will say this: his lack uh, or his 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 laser focus on Sunday was incredible because. He was scheduled to get on a chopper or a private plane as soon as they got done. 
and make it to the Italy-England uh, Euro 2020 finals, which is 400 miles away. And he was still able to focus with a weather delay and get into the uh, playoff. He didn't win it, but I'll give him credit for the focus. I love this play. I think Bryson misses the cut this week. And it just looks weird with the new caddy out there. And everything you said, spot on. I don't think he plays the weekend. My first matchup looks a little something like this. I'm also going to play a guy who played really well last week at the Scottish Open. And that is Tyrell Hatton over Victor Hovland. Now, people are going to say, Coach, Hovland won the last time he played in Europe. Yes, he did. Was it Lynx Golf? No. Uh, has he had a lot of experience playing Lynx Golf? No. And Tyrell Hatton does. He's a man that when you look at leaderboards of open championships in any other big tournament that's played on a Lynx-style course, Tyrell Hatton is there. I only got to lay 30 cents. Book it, Hatton over Hovland, my first play. I like Tyrell. I like that play. He's T6 last year. He's also got a T5. And uh, it's weird to think, as much as we talk about Hovland and Morikawa, this is their first Open Championship in their career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's uh, it's it's interesting. I, I love Hovland. I, I talked about him. I, I did talk about him in the preview show. I, I think both these guys will play well. Terrell, I think, is the second best player in the world to not have a major championship. I'll tell you the first is. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the first here in a second. Okay. Well, let's go into your second head-to-head matchup that you like this week. Do you have? All right. I'm going back to my boy Sammy Burns plus 100. <laughs> Over Jason Kokrak. I know Kokrak has got two wins. We've talked about him a lot. He's played very well. He's turned himself into a very good putter. My concern with Kokrak, though, is that if he gets into one of these bunkers, he may never get out, Coach. <laughs> he is an awful bunker player. Okay, so Jason Kokrak, you might, you know, those you just might see sand just flying, like, <laughs> and, and like, and he just crawls out and I'm done. Right, I can't get out. So I just, I'm, I'm very concerned about Kokrak in the bunkers, around the greens, the creativity. That's my concern. Now Burns, I think, is not an excellent short game player, but I do think Sam Burns um, has shown a lot of growth when it comes to short game. And I just feel, and I've been touting Burns for a long time. I just feel Sam Burns is still on this trajectory and still improving, and is going to become a top 20 player in the world. We saw the win early in the year. He's a good driver, good iron player, good putter, short games getting better. Burns played very well last week, top 20 in the Scottish. I'm in, man. I am all in on Sam Burns over Kokrep. I think anytime, and for education for people at home, if you want to play an American player, uh, you can do one of two things. Look at the Scottish Open and kind of see how they played there, but also play them against another American player. That these European players are, and, and when you look at the books, a lot of times, Trav, they've, they've caught on to it, too. Because when you look at the head-to-head matchups, a lot of times it's not necessarily who they're playing with. It's who they're going to match up well with. And there's a lot of Europeans against Europeans. And there's nothing worse than when you go to your book and you're all excited because you've got a player in mind. And you go, and it's the other player you had in mind is who they're head-to-head against. That's the worst. But that's why Vegas is who Vegas is most of the time. Most of the time. Uh, all right, let's jump into my second head-to-head matchup. And he also played well last week. And this is a dude who has played Lynx golf for well over two decades, damn near three decades. And I'm going to go with Lee Westwood over Justin Rose. When you're talking about a guy who's a European in Justin Rose, and basically one of his top two or three finishes was when he was an amateur 
over 20 years ago. He doesn't play good at the British, at the Open Championship. Lee Westwood, he's in form. He was in form last week, and he's going to be in form this week. And all I need him to do is beat Justin Rose. That's it. Now, Justin Rose had a couple of high finishes, but he's played 20-some-odd times. This is not his best golf. It is for Westwood. And I'm only laying five cents. Boom! Lock me in Lee Westwood. <laughs> Westwood could be the Darren Clark of 2021, right? He could yeah. be that guy. Could be the Tom Watson. He could be the Stuart Sink. Um, I like it. I think Westwood, I think this, he's got to feel pretty good about this course, I think. Um, in the way that he's played, he had a nice run early, you know, kind of went away a little bit in the middle here, but I think he's kind of back on the uptick again. So I like this play. Who knows Justin Rose? He's probably over there making a commercial right now before they tee it off. <laughs> well, uh, before or after another shankopotamus like he had uh, between him and, and and Justin Thomas, no two top players on tour make more shanks than those two guys. By the way, do you see JT go to the fairway three wood, topped it into the bunker 20 yards ahead? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was. But, but the thing I love about him is he owns it. And he's normally the one that tweets it first. He doesn't wait for other people to tease him. He teases himself, which I love. I love. Okay, let's get into our top 20 picks this week. Who do you like? So we're going top 20. Uh, I mean, how can you not like this, Coach? How can you not like plus money with who many are calling the best player, right, in this field? I mean, I I don't think you could say the best player – Rom right now certainly coming in as the best player. But if there's a 1A for the year to this point, it, it probably has to be Jordan Speed. I mean, you start well, you start looking at you start looking at what do I need here at this course? All right, I need some strategy off of the tee. Um, keep the ball in front of me, solid iron play. Yeah, we know Jordan get a little erratic with the driver, but I think at less than 7,200 ball rolling out, guys are gonna have options to hit different shots and squeeze it out there, let the ball chase. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch the ball bounce in these fairways, by the way. Yes, it is. Um, there's so much movement. So I think speed has options off the tee. I think his iron game right now is top five in the world. Um, and then I need creativity around the greens to get the ball up and down from a variety of situations, playing slope. I mean, creativity, I think, is huge here. He's won an open championship before. He's coming in with the greatest amount of confidence that he has had in years, mm-hmm. including a win earlier in the season. I, I just, I think this course, this tournament just screams Jordan Spieth and I get him at plus 100 for a top 20. I mean, this is like, I mean, you just pay me now. Yeah. It's like stealing money. It, it truly is. It, it, you cannot substitute for experience in Lynx golf. He's a former champion. You cannot substitute for the C word that you said, the creativity. And you got to believe that Jordan Speed, behind closed doors, when he comes to this tournament every year, he's got to be licking his chops and saying, listen, at this field, not only do they not have the creativity, they don't have the game to pull off the creativity that you need to win at an open championship. And I think it must be the most incredible feeling to have this type of feeling at any major championship whether it's the Masters, the PGA, or whatever. But when you have this feeling, like Speak does, then you come in and say, listen, if I can just keep it around even par the first couple of days, there's going to be a bunch of dudes behind me. And now 
now I can kick it into gear. That would be my gameplay. Yeah, you just have a feeling too, like, you know, the line that's going to win this, like, and strokes get off the tee, like, okay, 0. 0.9, 1.2. Like, okay, that's speed, right? Like, he's not going to kill you off the tee with gobby up and strokes like a Bryson and a Brooks and a DJ. And then he's going to get you plus six in approach. And then he's going to get you plus three around the green. Then he's going to get you plus two and a half. And like, you know, like that's what this is kind of screaming this golf course to me. And it sets up beautifully um, for a Jordan Spieth. So, man, how about capping off the comeback with an open championship win? That would be tasty. That would be very, very tasty. <laughs> the only thing that concerns me is the no tournaments between the U.S. Open and the British. Or the Open. Yeah. That's yeah. the only thing that concerns me a little bit. Getting off to a slow start in competition. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. My top 20 pick now is a guy who's been a top 10 machine. And all I need to do is have him finish top 20. Louis Oosthuizen, plus 120. Tasty. We all remember what he did at the U.S. Open, where he nearly won. And you put him on a European tour track. A open championship track. This dude is a former open champion. Give it top 20. Louis Ustazen, lock it in. Now, it's time for us to change lives, for us to look into the future. The winner for you this week is the... Well, the best player without a major championship was the number five ranked player in the world, Xander Schauffele. He has been close. Time and time again, we've seen it. Um, I just, I, I go back to, I still think he's too good of a player not to get a major championship. Okay. Um, I think a, an open championship is a good venue for him, having that complete game, being able to chase the ball out there, have a good strategy, avoid bunkers, precision iron game, and then... When you miss the greens, and you're going to miss greens here, you're going to see even the best ball strikers are missing a lot of greens, have the creativity to get the ball up and down. He was T2nd in 2018 at an Open Championship. Uh, I like what I've seen from him. I, I think what's really encouraging for me with Xander um, has been the iron game, and, and he kind of struggled a little bit earlier in the year, but now the iron game, the last two times out, he's well into that plus five or six strokes game approach. 11th at Memorial, 7th at the U.S. Open. You get the feeling that Xander's going to be there, right? And then it's putting that final round together and then having a couple things go his way also. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hop back on the train. 18-1 to 1 best player not to have a major championship puts that to rest this week. And then that label goes to Terrell Hatton, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, what about a long shot winner? Do you have one of those? Oh, it's funny that you ask. As a matter of fact, I do. I'm going to give you a guy that all of a sudden is starting to play some great golf, and that's Kevin Kisner. Uh, Kevin Kisner, like fifth of Travelers, eighth at Rocket Mortgage. Very impressive line. Approach game is coming along. Short game is coming along. We're seeing the putter heat up. Kisner is not going to overpower you off the tee. He's the first to admit long courses. He's probably not going to win. This course isn't going to play that long, right? The wind's going to blow. We need a bulldog. Kevin Kisner. A bulldog. T30 2019. <laughs> T2nd back in 2018. He knows how to play Open Championship. He struggled most of the season. His game is starting to go this way. Why not? 130 to 1. Hey, 
If Ben Curtis can win here, Kevin Kisner can win here. It's something nobody ever thought they would say before 2003. And it happened. But we also know that if you're going into a tournament and you foresee the winning score being in single digits, then this is obviously a guy who yeah. is one of the ultimate grinders. You know, he feels like, he, like a good spot for him. Yeah, does. absolutely. Especially yeah. at a uh, hundred bucks, when you're thirteen thousand, that's what's a little sprinkle to me. I will thing. be here next uh, Tuesday if Kisner wins. Okay, very good. Come so on, I'll be come I'll on, Cam. I'll, I'll be floating. I'll be floating on the lake with a <laughs> with a beverage, a bunch of dollar bills. Uh, all right, uh, here's my winner for the week. You know my sweet spot. I talk about it all the time. It's plus two thousand to plus four thousand, and my guy falls right into that category. Matthew Fitzpatrick losing in a playoff a week ago, and he would he should have won that golf tournament. Uh, he kind of gave it away towards the end. Um, but he's also the reigning race to Dubai winner. People they don't realize that this is a dude that on that side of the pond is really, really, really good. He also is lined up, I think, nicely to finally win a major championship. So, this is a sweet spot. I love him, plus 3,300. I do think John Rahm's going to win, though. But at plus 700, you can't bet it. Then my long shot this week, my long shot, I just don't get this number. He just beat everybody. JT, Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, uh, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood. He beat everybody. And he's plus 10,000 this week? Plus 10,000 for Min Woo Lee? I, I, it, it's worth just dropping a little bit on just to see what happens. But there's nobody that has more confidence walking onto this course this week than that cat. So lock it in for a... Now, understand, Travis does not think Kevin Kisner is going to win. I do not think Min Woo Lee is going to win. But something fun to do in golf betting is just to throw a long shot out there and see if it sticks. And then it's amazing. That's all we're saying. That's all we're saying. Right, kid? Yeah. I called you Kevin. You I was like, right, Kevin? <laughs> right, Trav? <laughs> uh, all right. We got one more pick to make, and then we're going to release all of you into the world to make your plays for this week's Open Championship. By the way, the defending champion is Shane Lowry. I bet you forgot that. I bet you forgot that, people would hope. Uh, all right. Who is your wild card pick this week? Well, I'm going to go uh, top 20 here. Uh, Guido uh, Migliozzi from a ten, from Italy, oh, said, 24 said, years. Whatever accent that was, it was horrible, but I want you to say it again. Guido Migliozzi, <laughs> plus 450. Uh, oh, you've heard me talk about Guido before. This kid's good, man. He's really, really good. He's got two Euro wins. We've, we've touted Garrett Higo and, and Guido is right there with him. It was cool for the world to see him play um, at the U.S. Open. Very impressive. Had a fourth there. Then he played in the Travelers coach, uh, and he finished 13th, rallied late, and really didn't even, I don't think, hit the ball that well. Just kind of labored around and uh, ended up get, getting to the house at finishing 13th at the Travelers. So a fourth and a 13th here in the United States. Now he goes back over to Europe where he's very comfortable. Uh, he's already won twice on the European tour. I think this kid's is a stud. I really do. And I think Higgo's a stud. I think this is a better setup for Guido. So I'll go back to Migliozzi, top 20, plus 450, $15. Take it to the bank once again. 
I am normally very supportive of you and your picks, but I am praying that this dude doesn't get anywhere near a top 20 pick this week. Uh, all right. Um, my final pick of the week. And if you've noticed anything about my entire board, Hatton, Westwood, Ustazen, Fitzpatrick, and now Ian Poulter, top 20 at plus 260. What is it, Trav? What is What do all my players have in common? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say they're from Europe. Yes, they are, sir. They're all from Europe because I'm not stupid. And I'm not going to go through one more open champions and say, how come I didn't pick all the Europeans? Like we do in the Ryder Cup every two years as well. By the way, I'm rooting for Europe this year in the Ryder Cup. I'm putting that on notice right now, too. I'm tired of losing money betting with my heart. And I'm finally betting with my head. And Ian Poulter, last week, how about the rest or the best round on Sunday that he's ever had on the European Tour? He fought around 63. It wasn't quite enough. He finished one shot out of a playoff. But what is he? What do you think he's going to take this week? The Royal St. George is coming off that 63. Confidence. Swag. Let's go. Lock it in. Plus 260. Top 20. Ian Poulter. I like it. Ian's playing some some good golf, and this could be the kind of tournament for him too. You know, he went low last week, minus seventeen, mm-hmm. and you know now some weather. You got to grind, and you know you just you kind of get the filter, you know, the feeling. Poulter is is very happy with the way that uh, he's played this year, and man, you know he's missing one thing, isn't he, in his career? He's just no missing doubt. that. Yeah, he's just you know could it be? Could he be? Could he be the Stuart Sink this year? You know, could he be the, the Darren Clark this year? That that how can I put this experienced player? <laughs> but by the way, I, I do want to point out, and I know we're just two voices, but the the European Tour on so many levels has got it. And yes, I work for the PGA Tour, but when I'm there, I also tell them what I think. And when you're doing in round interviews walking down the fairway with players who are in contention and are playing well they're willing to do it european it's it's amazing and the fact that the pga tour hasn't forced the players to do it yet is mind-blowing to me because i want to hear what a player is thinking on hole 11 or hole 12 down to or up to and ian poulter did that on sunday and i thought it was fantastic and i don't know why we're not doing it here i real well i know why because they're scared to death of the players but the players need to understand. If sponsors see how cool I am in competition, guess what might happen? You might get a new name on your chest with a little bit higher check coming to you. It all matters. It all matters. That's just my rant for the week. That's just my rant for the week. All right. Uh, you can, you can you have the Euro Tour. You can have the Euro Tour. I'll take the PGA Tour. Well, I'm saying, I'm just saying as far as that specifically, between their videos promoting the player, do you not believe? That players need to understand how to promote their brands better than they do. I mean, I think some do. I mean, I, I think, the yeah. Top players I think do. Some do. The top yeah. players do. I'm talking the, the, the mid-level guy that doesn't have the big sponsorship. The European tour presses their players. They give them personalities. They put them out there, and the players are willing to do it. Yeah. They're willing to do it. The players I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah. All right, uh, your final thoughts before we head out to the Open Championship. My my final thoughts is the ball is going to be bouncing, and it's fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch the ball hit these fairways, move around, shots that you think that's in the middle, and it just keeps going, and it keeps going, and it filters off, and then it gets into the bunker, the shots into the greens. 
the creativity around the greens in the way that they're going to hit these bump and runs. I mean, it's just cool. I just love to see the ball bounce as simple as that is in Royal St. George. It's going to, it's going to provide that. No question. And it's the only tournament that we get to watch all year long where every single player tees off from one. So for you know, they're on 15 hours because there's no double tees. There's none of that. It's everybody starts. And I believe it's like 6 a.m. local, 1 a.m. East Coast. And then out where I am, it starts on Wednesday night. Wednesday night. So there's not a lot of sleep going on this week. That's for damn sure. And I guarantee you, Coach, and I guarantee you, the first time that Bryson hits it off, you're going to hear the loudest four <laughs> that you have ever heard in your life. Learn how to handle a press conference one time. <laughs> Just one time. All right, a big time thank you to our sponsors and our partners at Sports Club Media for the entire crew that puts it all together every week. Samantha, our amazing producer, Cody. We got you set. We've led you to the water, but now you, my good friends at home, you have to drink. <sighs> he is Travis Fulton. I am the coach. Remember, if you want to cash out every single week, cash out with the coaches. Good luck. Four. Hey guys, what's good? This is The Coach. You may know me from PGA Tour Live, the Golf Channel, or even ESPN. I wanted to interrupt this YouTube video real quick to tell you how to get the best and most entertaining golf betting content every single week, and it's all for free. It's called Cash Out with the Coaches. I've teamed up with legendary golf instructor Travis Fulton, and he's also a PGA Tour insider, to bring you the unscripted, unfiltered PGA Tour betting talk and analysis. All you have to do is subscribe to Sports Pub's new channel, and you'll get access to our Cash Out with the Coaches show before every single PGA Tour event. You can also play along with the coaches, too. We don't hold anything back on this free show. And all you have to do is subscribe to Sports Pub's channel with the button on the video. And you'll have access to every single show. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Can't wait to see you on the channel.